Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. To celebrate my birthday week this week, I'm going to bring to you one of my favorite BBB success group sessions. This one is all about your purpose and it's all about the role that you play within that purpose. Everyone and anyone will talk to you about the power of purpose. However, very few people, if anyone, will talk to you about the significance of knowing your role within your purpose. And that's what I'm going to bring to you this week. It's a long session. I'm going to break it up over the next three episodes on this podcast. If you are losing your fuel, if you're losing your mojo, if you feel like you've lost touch or lost sight of why you're doing what you're doing, then this is the episode or the episodes that you're going to need. Designed specifically to re-engage you with your business, your life, your purpose, your vision, your dreams, to realize how significant you are, your business is, and what your business does. So sit back and enjoy the first part of this three-part special series this week, which is about discovering your purpose, identifying your role, and going out there and making a difference, having impact, and of course, creating a successful business and a successful life. Hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side. Great session lined up for you today. Absolutely, like one of the subjects that's so close to my heart as an entrepreneur and a business owner. We haven't talked about this much recently at uh, Success Groups. However, I do believe that uh, now is the time to revisit this if you haven't done so for some time. Maybe for some of you, you've never really thought about some of the questions that I'm going to be asking of you today. Fundamentally, we're looking at purpose, we're looking at our role within that purpose, and fundamentally what we're looking at is giving ourselves that that juice of life that comes from being meaningful and purposeful. It's about mattering, it's about you know serving a purpose, it's about that what you do matters, it's about that you matter as a human being. Fundamentally it's waking up, you know, that, that big question, you know, which is you know, why am I here? What am I meant to be doing? What am I meant to be focused on, you know? And at different phases in our life, we have different callings. So, you know, when you're a kid, for example, it's meant to be fundamentally about you and your purpose is all selfish and self-motivated. As we go through life, we start to evolve. Certainly, we start getting a few gray hairs around the beard and around the hairline. At that point, then you're meant to be starting to think bigger, thinking maybe about the community or even the world at large. So there is no right and wrong. It's really important to understand that whatever comes up for you today is what comes up for you today. There is no right and wrong. It's about tapping into something that's bigger than yourself, tapping into something that has a a real sense of meaning behind it. And it's about you being fundamentally purposeful and passionate about what it is that you are here to do at this moment in time. And that may be different than what it was 10 years ago, and it may well change again in 10 years. Your purpose fundamentally, I believe, will remain relatively consistent and when you get to the end of your days and you look back you'll probably realize that you've been driven by you know a a real uh an eclectic set of roles that you've had in life you know from being a child to being a parent from a parent you know to a business owner for example and then you might become a grandparent and then you know an elder and you'll have these different roles and different jobs and that throughout your life 
but my bet is that you'll probably be able to draw like a line if you like even though it might seem hectic and crazy there'll be a line a thread that goes for all of that which will make sense to you at the end of the day so you'll realize that actually you know what ends up being your fundamental purpose in life you'll see threads of this throughout your previous life so depending on where you are right now you're going to get different results and all those results are equal okay there's no better or worse i've done the the exercises fundamentally the topics we're talking about today i've done them with teenagers and i've done them with young adults i've done them with you know young parents and then i've done them with middle-aged people and then older people and whilst the commonality is this, this this sense of purpose this sense of drive this sense of meaning behind what you're doing uh there's also the fact that you know when you're a young person there's there's different things that are purposeful to you does it make sense you're not meant to be thinking about the wider world the wider community so you know if you're hoping for yes 15 16 17 year olds to be you know heavily connected to the outside world you know some are for sure many of them aren't it's meant to be about them at that age okay um young adults same thing you know it's meant to be about dating coupling up you know this is evolution right young parents you know it's all meant to be about them it's meant to be about uh, each other it's meant to be about the offspring and then as you grow up and you get older and you go through middle age of course your kids like mine are heading off to university this year and then it starts to change the dynamics of your life again. So I want to share with you a, a model, which I'm not going to talk about particularly, but I think it sets up really what I'm saying here. And it's what I call the I, we, they phases of life, okay? So if you imagine we are here and in the center, it's me, I. And it starts with an I, right? It's the I, the I that is me, okay? The all-encompassing, all-meaningful, just me, right? So you're born, it is all about the baby. You know, a young baby in the womb of its mother will literally, you know, starve its mother of nutrients in order to survive. This is how evolution has had it all along because it's about, you know, it's about reprocreation. It's about the, the, the genetic matter being passed on. It's about the species continuing to thrive, okay? And the way it does that, of course, is we get together and we have little versions of us and those little versions of us carry a proportion of us, 50% of us, and we carry 50% obviously of each of our parents, etc. and they continue to pass on, all right? When the baby's born, it's meant to all be about the baby. The baby is the, the center of the universe for its mother. It's the center of the universe for that unit, okay? So we're born as an eye. That eye phase goes through to a certain age. Now, again, evolutionary speaking, biologically speaking, our times are slightly different. Our ages are gonna be slightly different to maybe what they are in the way that we run our world today, okay? So for example, we all know that we're able to have children. We're able to breed, you know, some people from as young as 11 12 13 years old for sure we're able to breed at that age but we typically okay we hold that back does it make sense and most people aren't having their children until well into their 20s and increasingly now people are in the, to their 30s before, before they have the children so the phases we have a, a biological if you like phase but we also then have like a, a societal phase okay and we've slightly changed this it makes sense partly because we live so much longer now so we might expect to live into our 70s maybe even into our 80s right now so therefore life is being you know expanded upon we're not having our children maybe into our late 20s early 30s some people even to their 40s and therefore you know the phase of breeding may be deferred this makes sense so you may end up for example if you watch something like uh, Love Island for example you'll often see on Love Island um, you know the, these people in their early 20s that are still children you know what I mean that the way they behave it's all about them and everything else um, and they're behaving 
almost like children because even though they might be in their early 20s, maybe up to their mid-20s, they have no interest at that point in children. They want children at some point, but there's no real driver for children. What there is, is still the driver for themselves, the I, and the driver to connect and bond with the opposite sex, okay? Right, does this make sense? So they still have all these drivers and that to pull people together into unions, into coupling, um, and pulling these bonds together, all right? And the whole point of that, of course, is to have children down the line. But in their head, they know they're not interested in kids maybe for another five years, maybe 10 years, whatever, you know? So they call this limbo land where, you know, biologically, you know, early 20s should definitely be breeding, if not have already been breeding for maybe, you know, five to 10 years before that, biologically. Society-wise, they might be still another five, 10 years away from doing that. So when I go through these phases, you'll see how different people um, will behave differently at different age groups, even though they all go through the same phases based on the differences between the biological drivers and societal, uh, let's call them motivators, okay? In other words, what's, you know, what we've learned is the right thing to do, what we've learned is the right order of things, etc. So we start with the I. Okay, and that, you know, in biological terms, takes us through to maybe 12, 13, 14, something like that. Society-wise, that may drive a little bit longer, and you'll see, like I say, people in their 20s, heavily driven by the eye still, maybe even to their mid and late 20s, it's all about them. They're basically, you know, I don't know, I think someone used the phrase, uh, cadults, you know, like they're, they're child adults. They're, they're adults physically, biologically they're adults, but they're still children, right? You know, these are people living at home, early 20s, for example, you know, still being provided for by parents potentially, or just, you know, just living that, that hedonistic lifestyle of play that you expect to have from a child, right? So again, biologically, 12, 13, 14, maybe up to 15, the I phase, then it's all about that, that bonding, right? That finding of a significant other. And at that point there, what we've got is the we phase, okay? Now the we phase, all right, is, as it says, right, it's about me, a significant other, coming together, bonding with the purpose of reprocreating to breed, to have a child. And the we phase is me, my significant other, and the child, right, the baby, right? And it's all really, it's not self-centered because, you know, there's, there's a small unit there, but it is pretty self-centered. In other words, you're not really interested in anybody else. At that point there, you're not interested in your parents particularly, you're not interested about society particularly. And again, there's gonna be different people that have different, you know, experiences. But generally speaking, it's meant to be like that because what it's meant to be is me hooking up with a female version of my species in order to breed another, version of us okay and then it's meant to be all consuming about us as a unit in order to raise these children just makes sense to keep them safe that's what it's meant to be right now again evolutionary speaking you know let's talk about biological ages you'd expect to start bonding up hooking up you know as i keep saying maybe 11 12 13 14 certainly into 15 16 17 of course they would be by that point um we see the drivers obviously at that age you know uh teenagers become very heavily consumed uh with coupling up very heavily consumed um with personal relationships, this makes sense, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all about that sexual tension going through the teens and everything else. Now, to some degree, we, we, we do push that down a little bit um, because we infantilize our children a little bit because, you know, they're not expected to go out and, 
living their own and breed at 11, 12, 13, 14, heaven forbid it, right, as a father of two, two daughters, we, we kind of hold that back a little bit and we keep them childlike, okay, for longer than biology would have them as children. This is why we have a lot of tension with our teenagers and later teenagers is because biologically they're meant to be out there on their own, they're meant to be out there as, as, as you know, full human beings, if you like, you know, having their own lives. But equally, they're not ready for that and we still squeeze them down as children. It's not a bad thing, by the way. I'm not knocking this, right? What I mean by that is really simple. We've, we've come up with a way that we feel is best to raise our children and that isn't to have them at 12, 13 years old out breeding and, and, and you know, being out there raising their own offspring and stuff. You know, we want them to go through school, get an education, university, have a life, anything else, you know, and then have that. We've put that in place for them, it was put in place for us, it's an expectation. People were getting married and having children way, way younger than we are now, you know, just a generation, two generations, three generations ago, go back a number of generations and we were having children obviously in, you know, young teens, right? You know, Romeo and Juliet were only young teens. Um, so we've, we've kind of changed that, officially changed that. So that's why we have a lot of battles with our teenagers sometimes, because they're meant to know it all. You know, I do, they seem to know it all. They're meant to know it all, because fundamentally, you know, by the time, um, you know, our kids are at breeding age, right, the chances of us still being here are, 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 are pretty remote, right, in the animal kingdom, the wild, you know, to do another, you know, we've had to have lived, uh, you know, to, to, what, 30 years plus? Let's say we have our kids that, you know, 13, 14, 15. They have their kids 13, 14, 15. Now, we'd be into our late 20s, 30s. Well, if we go back evolutionary, you know, I'm going back, you know, hundreds of thousands, even millions of years. Of course, you know, we didn't have particularly great life expectancy, right? Lots of things would have killed us, infections, uh, other animals, etc., etc. right? So we didn't have a particularly great lifespan. So of course it was meant to be that they were supposed to know everything by that point and go off and live their own lives. So if you're a parent of a teenager, that's why they seem to know it all. It's biological in them, they're expected to know it all because could you imagine if uh, a, a species had, had offspring that were off on their own, living their own lives, but knew nothing of life um, or felt they knew nothing of life, the uncertainty and the doubt in them would have made them very unsafe, does this make sense? So they needed that certainty in order to go out there. And the truth is, they do know enough at that age to be able to survive. They just don't know enough, you know, to be able to thrive. But again, don't forget, we are officially hold that back a little bit because if you go back to when we might have been breeding 13, 14, 15, those kids wouldn't have been off at school, kept as children, playing games on computers and that. They would have been raised as adults. They'd have had a period where they were children. And then, you know, as soon as they could pick up a hammer, as soon as they could pick up a hoe, as soon as they could, you know, physically do anything that was useful for the tribe, they would have been put to work right? So they would have been growing up much earlier than our kids are today. So at some point, right, evolutionary, in terms of biologically, this kicks in a lot earlier in terms of the hormones are still there, the body's still ready to go, um, some of the behaviours are still in place, but society-wise we, we, we push it down a little bit and, and delay it a little bit, okay? So the we phase for many people kicks in, the drivers, if I say this, people with teenagers have got teenage daughters, the sexual drivers um, are kicking in, right, as they're they meant to kick in, right? You know, through the teens and everything else. Um, but it's overridden, okay, in terms of their mindset. It's overridden in terms of their expectations of life and how life works out. And also, again, because we do infantilize our kids a little bit by keeping them young for longer than biologically they are, if this makes sense, okay? No criticism on myself as a parent, you as a parent, we're all doing what we think is the right thing to do to raise, you know, healthy, uh, healthy adults, healthy people. So what happens then is the we comes together. In that we, you'll see you've got two eyes, so it's my eye, uh, her eye, and then it's the eye that is the child, and together we're collectively the we. And we're heavily bonded, me and the partner, 
in order to be heavily bonded to the child so that we fundamentally take care of the child. Then what happens, of course, is we go through another phase, right? So, you know, our kids then go off and become adults on their own. They don't want to know us anymore. They think they know it all and off they go into the wild and everything else, okay? And this is when you tend to, you know, not always again, you know, depending how your kids are raised and individual personality types. But, you know, typically they go off and it's all about them and their boyfriend, girlfriend, all about them and their young wife or their young husband or whatever it might be, or their, their partner. Um, and it's all about their life and they go off and create careers. And mum and dad, a little bit, are kind of forgotten. They'll come back and, you know, mum and dad still make their efforts to reach out and that. But to a degree, mum and dad have forgotten. It's meant to be like that, okay? Because it's meant to be about them starting up that new life to create that new I, okay? They're getting ready to build that environment to, for, for, for their offspring, right? That's what it's meant to be. So then it's all about them, okay? We, however, okay, the parent, okay, we then f go up another level because we no longer need to raise our children. We, you know, our children no longer need us to be in their lives 24-7. So actually we go through that, that kind of crisis point in life and you'll see this as we go through these phases. You know, it's like a midlife crisis, okay, at this point. But we also have like another uh, early life crisis going from the I to the we, you know, for kids going off to university, they go through a bit of a crisis of, you know, my kids are going through that idea where they're really ready to grow up, they're ready to go off on their own, but they're equally, you know, really terrified of it and they kind of still see themselves as children, but they know they're becoming adults. And, you know, so they have these other crises. Like we have a midlife crisis. It is a very real thing. Um, they have this like kind of early life crisis. So we go through, let's say our midlife crisis, the kids flee the nest and everything else. We're trying to work out what the hell is life like without that. What, you know, what's life like when, you know, I'm not fighting for my mortgage every day, right? One, you know, because a lot of people on top of their mortgages by this point, you know, you're thinking, right, you know, what, you know, what's life like when, um, you know, when it's not all about the kids and running those kids around and making sure the kids are safe and they have to reinvent themselves a little bit. Well, here's the thing. A lot of people go the wrong way. They go backwards to the eye. So a midlife crisis, you know, when we see it, and uh, inelegantly played out, what happens is the adult goes back to the I phase. In other words, because they're lost a little bit, you know, it's like, well, hang on, you know, I was, I was raised to partner up, have kids, get a mortgage, get a good job, build a career, uh, you know, create stability. I've done all of those things. Now what the fuck am I meant to do? And what a lot of people do is they look backwards because the unconscious can't look forwards. It can't look into the unknown. It goes back to the known. So the unconscious says, well, when was I happiest before? You know, because life isn't working right now. You know, the kids are gone and this has gone, and I've lost my drivers, I've lost my purpose, I've lost my meaning, my reason right now. Um, so I'm treading water a little bit, and a lot of people go through this phase, we call it a you know, midlife crisis, and then what happens is we look backwards, and you know, for men, we know how it looks out, we go back to when we got our first car and that sense of freedom, so guess what we do? We think, right, start thinking, let's go and get the sports car, that'll make us happy. When was I, my, you know, when, when was I in this like situation before? You go back, go back, go back, okay, car, right? So a lot of men do go back, and they do buy their fast cars or their convertibles or the cars, you know, the, the, whatever it might be, right? Okay, with the view that that makes them, you know. And then we see it, it's a joke, right? But we see the bloke dressing like he's 20 something. We see, you know, the bloke potentially starting to try to date 20 year old girls and everything else, right? I know it seems ugly and I know it seems, in it's just a crisis point. And instead of looking forward to what they should become and what's needed of them in the future, they look back to when, you know, life was working before this particular time and they go back to that and, you know, and of course it doesn't work, right? Then what happens, of course, though, ladies, you do exactly the same thing, by the way, you know, you'll see a whole load of 
women that suddenly in their 40s when their kids go off to university you know they all get dressed up like they're 22 again and start going to clubs and stuff and getting smashed on Prosecco and that acting like they're 22 years old again blah blah you get what I'm saying right so what happens it's just the same thing we just look backwards and say right women's life working before you know and we go back what happens there we've lost the, the, the we phase a little bit so the I that we had the child is gone we don't longer have that thing that gap needs to be filled with something and what happens is the 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 we phase so it's you know it's one eye two eyes come together to have that other extra eye that other eye goes now what happens is to potentially relationship struggle because you've got these two eyes that are left and it all becomes about me and it all becomes about me and therefore it, the unity stuff sometimes starts to suffer right this is really common right so unfortunately what we need to do is understand that there's still a we right connection just because we've lost the the reason for being together if that makes sense the, the child as evolution would determine it there's still a reason for us to come together together as a unit and we're still part of a we right and those marriages that you know do very well through this phases are ones where they still consider themselves a unit and a we even though the focus of that we the child the i has no has, has now left does this make sense the focus has left of the we but the we still exists so the, the relationship stays intact intact what can happen quite often is a relationship breaks apart because you now have two separate eyes and what you'll have is one eye sitting there saying what about me and the other eye saying well what about me and the other one saying well i sacrificed all this and the other one says i sacrificed all this and the other one says this you did and then the Potentially, the marriage breaks down, the relationship breaks down. You get what I'm saying? And it's really common, okay? Because the two eyes, instead of coming together or staying together as a new version of the we, what they've done is they've gone backwards into two versions of the I. Does this make sense? Now, here's the thing. We never want to regress, right? Evolution is about evolving. It's about progression and progressing. So we want to make sure that we evolve, okay, and move forward. So what phase comes after this? Well, the phase that actually comes after the we phase is the they phase, right? So the they phase, if we put that in, the they phase, okay, is the phase of life where we become about the wider community. So in tribal societies, we become the elders, right? Now in tribal society, not many people made it to the elders. So the knowledge that the elders had was incredibly valuable because not many people made it into elder status. Now, of course, in today's language, we might be talking about elders being, you know, your 60s, your 70s, and your 80s even potentially. Back in tribal societies, let's look at the scale, the, the, the biological ages we're talking about here in evolutionary terms. You know, we're talking about having our own children, let's say somewhere between 12 and 15. Our children have their children between the age of 12 and 15. So we're not talking about elders being in their 30s, right? Okay. That's that would have been considered pretty old. And the amount of knowledge that you would have had in your 30s back then, having been around for this time, and in today's world, the amount of knowledge that you've accumulated into your 40s and into your 50s, okay, because we've delayed that whole path, the amount of information and knowledge you have, that needs to be put to use, right? And instead of us going back into the eye and looking back at ourselves and constantly thinking, well, you know, what will make me happy? What's about me? We need to start looking wider. The eye that was in our life, our child, our children, they no longer need that focus, but society needs that. And therefore, it's an inbuilt driver for us to serve our wider tribe, our wider society. And that's the calling of the midlife crisis, whatever you want to call it, that moment of being lost and confused in life where 
where you know you're going from one face to another face. It's not the calling to go back and act like a 20 year old jerk, right? Of course it's not, right? You've evolved, you matured, you're smarter, you're more intelligent, okay? So of course we're meant to continue that journey, but without a focus for that, we tend to revert backwards. Does this make sense? You get two eyes in the relationship, neither the, their needs seem to be getting met, they're all focused on themselves and it can fall apart. Or if they're smart, they stay together as that unit and they start to create a life as a new version of that we, and they then start to realize there's an extended version of that we, which is now still considered, it's still their children, they just don't need to have the focus they used to have, but then it becomes the grandchildren, right? So you become the matriarch, the patriarch, you become the grandparent, and your responsibility now, your focus is not specifically on your child, it's on your children, it's on their children, but also, guess what? It's about the other children, it's about the other people in the tribe as well. It's about the community at large. This is a calling that we all have through that midlife crisis. I've been talking about this now uh, 11 years, 12 years, whatever it's been since I first started coaching. I coached a lot of people through this, this phase. You know, the midlife crisis word gets misappropriated sometimes and it, you know, people don't like it because it feels ugly because it, it can be inelegant the way people do it. But it's a very real thing and for me it's a calling to, to, to drive you into a different purpose. Initially, it's all about the eye. It's all about me. It's all about my needs being met so I survive and I thrive as an individual. Then it's about we, it's about me, coupling up, finding someone else, creating these couples, then having these children, okay? And then it's about that focus to raise those children, stay safe, fuck everything else around that. You know, you've been, if you've got young family, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you care about other people, but it's kind of like, fuck everyone else, it's all about this. So about my kids, my family, it is. But then it starts to shift, it starts to change, and then we start to widen up our purpose, and then our purpose becomes one of much greater level of serving to society as a whole, okay? This is the natural progression of a human being, of a well-adjusted human being. So you can see, depending where you are, if you're watching this right now, will depend on what that is. If you've got young kids, one, two, three-year-old kids, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old kids, you're probably going to be in that we phase, right? Locked into that we phase, and a lot of your drivers and purpose and meaning is going to be derived from providing for that small unit, okay? A lot of it's going to be from that, and that's okay, right? If you're watching this and you were like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, then a lot of your meaning is gonna be derived from yourself, right? Creating and establishing a stability for yourself, you know, a standing for yourself, so that you are in a good place in order to move into that wee phase. And if you are like my, for example, if you're into your 40s, into your 50s, um, almost certainly you're gonna be into a place where you're being called upon to, to serve at a, at a wider level, okay? Now here's the thing. When you look at how this works, these concentric rings, so you've got the I, you've got the we, and then you've got the they around the outside. It still exists. Each layer still exists. Does this make sense? So you still got the I, okay, which is you. You still exist in this, always. You've then still got the we, right? You, your significant other, okay? That still exists. And then outside of that, you've got the they, right? So even though you move into a they phase, into a, a phase of greater serving, into a phase of, 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 of where your purpose is more derived upon the, uh, the, the, the helping of society as a whole, rather than just yourself or your immediate family, you, you're, 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 the we still exists within that and the I still with, exists within that. So in other words, you're allowed to and you are able to evolve from the I to the they while still maintaining the I inside of you. It's just not the primary focus. Does this make sense? So of course we still need to nurture the I. We still need to make sure that the I is taken care of within the we. Because if I take care of myself, I'm no use to my partner and therefore no use to our offspring. So I still take care of myself in this, in this, in this unit. When I become a they phase, right, and you go in then, your kids no longer need you in the way they did and everything else, 
you still maintain the eye. So the eye is still present, the we is still present within that. So you still get to maintain that really close bond and connection with the significant other, and you still get to serve at a wider community level. This is how it's meant to be. Does this make sense? So you can still take care of the eye. It's okay, you can still get yourself a nice car and that. You're just not reverting, okay, back to that place and thinking all will be well if I get myself a 22 year old and I get myself a flash car. You know, that's probably misguided, but you can still, you know, take care of the eye. It's, it's normal, you know, for women to, when the kids start to get a certain age, women sort of think, well, who am I now without these kids, right? You know, who, who, what's my identity when they're not, without my children here? You know, what am I meant to do? And, you know, when we start to reinvent themselves, you know, often, often around this phase of, of, of what we call the midlife crisis, whatever you might call it, late 30s, 40s, into 50, they reinvent themselves because they're asking those questions, either consciously or unconsciously, which is, who the hell am I anymore? Who the hell am I in this? Because they've dedicated the last, you know, potentially, what, 50? 20 years to, to being a mum. That was their role. That was their identity and their family and their kids were their entire purpose. Everything else was superfluous and then they start coming back to the eye. That's okay. You just, want to get, you just, you just don't want to get lost in the eye when you're meant to be moving into the day. Does this make sense? It's okay to reassess the eye, make sure that the eye's been taken care of inside me. It's absolutely right that we should still look to our significant other, our partners in life, and make sure that the we is still intact and the we is strong, because fundamentally, those are the two core foundations that are gonna enable us to be a very strong, they-motivated part of society. Does this make sense? So when we're talking about purpose, when we're talking about um, how these things go together. It's really important to first understand that there is this, this biological and this evolutionary and societal shift and changes that we go through. Biologically, it might be, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, we become the we phase, you know, and then by 30, we're looking at being the they phase, for example, maybe even sooner. These days, it might be we don't have our kids. You know, it might be eyes well into our 20s, maybe even up to 30. Then maybe we have the we phase, which might go from 30 right through into our mid to late 40s. And the they phase might not kick in until 50s and beyond, depending on you know how this is being deferred in terms of the timescales that you have your own kids and life and everything else. Does this make sense? I hope so, because when we make sense of this, then what we can start to do is we can start to look at uh, at the real you know, question I'm throwing up here today, which is what's your purpose and what's your role in the world? And even if you thought you knew what it was five years, 10 years ago, it may be different now and it may well be different again, but I do believe there'll be this common thread that will make sense to you by uh, the time you get to that end, okay? So we're gonna be talking about purpose, right? So. I want you to imagine that purpose, um, you plug into something that has been in place like for, for centuries, for millennia, since the beginning of time, okay? So for me, fundamental underlying purposes, the, 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 the innate drive of us, right, comes down to like primary colors. There's only a handful of these things, okay, that sit in place, right? So like, you know, we might have our you know, or red and or you know, big colours, right? If you get that primary colour, it might be red and blue and green and orange and whatever, right? I know they're not primary colours, but they're the you know the big standout colours, right? Bang. And there's only a handful of those, and then we start getting into gradients and shades and stuff like that. I believe personally it's very similar with, with purpose, okay? So I believe that someone who was purposeful um, uh, a thousand years ago, their purpose could be completely still uh, enacted upon by you a thousand years later in completely different ways, but fundamentally the underlying purpose was still the same, okay? So I want you to imagine that purpose goes from before your life, 
past your life and then continues into the future. So if you look at how I've drawn the line, what you've got is you've got these, li- these, these lines here, which are basically your birth, and this is your passing, and then in between that is your life. Purpose has been long before you, and your purpose will continue long beyond you, okay? You're just plugging into that for your time on planet Earth, okay? Underneath our purpose, what we have is we have what I call a vision, right? Now, you may have your own definition of these things, so listen to my definitions just so you're on page with me. So again, you have your birth, you have your death. Now your vision is from you, right? So it doesn't exist before you, right? The purpose, you may plug into something. There may be a, a greater vision that you plug into, but your personal vision for the future starts with your life and then proceeds beyond your life into the future. So your your vision for, you, for the future, if you like, beyond you, right? Underneath that, contained within your life, you have your um, you have your mission, okay? So we have purpose, we have our vision, and then we have our mission, okay? Your mission is what you are gonna accomplish in your time scales, is what you accomplish through your time here. Does this make sense? So your mission is your personal objectives that you have. Beyond that, what you have, okay, is a series of roles. Okay, now I've done loads of roles here. You might not have necessarily, you know, 20 roles, but it's possible. You know, if I look back to uh, all my various careers and stuff like that, there's a, certainly a, a fair number of those before I found my place here at Bigger Bright Boulder and doing what I do now here for success groups and our masterminds, etc. And equally, of course, within that, I've also been a child. That was one of my roles. I've also been a partner. That's one of my roles. I've also had children. So I'm a father. That's one of my roles. I've also been a, a child and a grandchild. I've also, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I'll, and I'll be a, a grandparent, I hope. And so I'm going to take on all these different roles in life, okay? And those roles are transient roles. And we should never get overly attached to a role because the role will naturally shift over time. Does this make sense? So the role that you are right now, it could be one as a parent, it could be one still as a child, etc. Those things are naturally going to shift. Does this make sense? You're always going to be a child to your, your mother, but you won't play the child role. Does this make sense? So you'll constantly be evolving, right? So the role will change. In terms of your career, your business, for example, just look at your career, right? You know, from when you left school, and you'll see that you've had many different roles. Does this make sense? Our aim is to align our roles with our own personal mission, our objective that we want to create, which aligns to the vision of what we want to see in the future and what we want to be a part of creating for the future beyond our own lifetime, which connects deeply the thread of purpose, which is the underlying driver of why any of this fucking matters. Does this make sense? So let's look at purpose first. Purpose could be uh, as simple as, let's say for example, healing, right? So if you imagine that there are people in this world definitely whose purpose is that of healing. You know, they're, they're born to heal, but they come in so many different shapes and walks of life, okay? So let's go back, you know, a thousand years, you know, you'd have had your healers back then and they would have had their way of healing and you'd have had the version of the doctor, etc. back then that would have done things very differently um, 
you know, other places you had tribes, you had the shaman, you know, you'd have had the tribal elders and stuff like that, your witch doctors, whatever, right? And they were all considered, you know, part of this purpose, right, which is to heal people, but they would have done it very, very differently, and they would have had different roles, if you like, in terms of how we might identify them, right? But you'd also have nurses, right? So doctors and nurses may well still have the same purpose, which is to heal. So would a dentist today. Does this make sense? So might a spiritual healer or a... a um, uh, a monsieur, so so might someone who, who who does you know an optometrist. You know, there's so many different ways of healing. You know, then we've got people that maybe are into the planet, right? And their purpose is not about individual person-to-person healing; it's about contributing to the planet, healing the planet. I'm sure those people have existed, you know, thousands of years in the past, and of course we know they exist right now. And I'm sure they're going to become increasingly more important as the the planet continues to evolve. These are people who are fundamentally uh, focused on planet Earth, right? And within that, though, right now. You've got so many different ways of people doing that. You've got people that are into the climate change. You've got people that are into the seas. People are into plastics. People are into CFC gases. People make sense. So there's so many different ways that, or different roles, if you like, and different missions and different visions that align with an overriding driving purpose that is something that you're plugging into that's been around for eternity. Does this make sense? And it doesn't have to be deep and meaningful. I keep saying this, I'm really, really important. Not every, not, you know, your purpose does, you know, needs to be purposeful and meaningful, but it doesn't have to be deep and meaningful in the sense, so it doesn't have to be saving the world, saving the whale, saving dogs, saving mankind, curing cancer. You know, it doesn't have to be deep and meaningful like that. It can be to bring laughter, you know? We can go back and the court jesters in the past, and if we go back, I'm sure there were the versions of the clown that go back thousands and thousands of years, okay? There, there, there were people who were inspired, motivated, driven to bring laughter, to bring joy, you know, to bring levity to their fellow, you know, human beings, right? And we see that all the way through now, right? So we might see that through comedians right now, in the most obvious sense, but you may find people who um, have... Uh, I don't know, people, I, I, the example I use, you know, is the guy that makes, you know, plastic rubber dog turds, right? You know, fake dog turds. You know, if he's not purposeful about people, you know, bringing joy to people's life and he can't find the purpose in that dog turd, he's just making dog turds because, you know, it sells and makes some money, that person's not going to be fulfilled, right? Does it make sense? Because it's not connected to any real purpose. They're just selling a dog turd because there's a market for a dog turd, right? This is why small business owners, we've got it made, really, because we get to plug ourselves into our own sense of purpose. We can bring our purpose through our work, through our business, out into the world, out into the community and stuff like that. So therefore, we're very powerful for that. But it, if we just follow the business process uh, mentality of you know look for a gap in the market and then plug the gap with a product to the market, that's, that, that's really good business acumen, by the way, and, and it's proven that will make probably make you more successful, if you like, than, than sitting there trying to tap into your own purpose and bring your purpose to market. Um, you know, it's a proven, tried and tested model for all the massive companies in the world, you know, is to go out there and look for, look for a hole, create a demand for that hole, and then plug that hole, right? But if you're not connected to the product, you don't give a shit about that thing that plugs in that hole. You might make a load of money, but if that doesn't fundamentally motivate you and, and it's not fundamentally part of your core purpose, you're gonna run things very quickly. This happens a lot, business owners, start up their businesses, they become successful business owners through normally their purpose, that's what most entrepreneurs do, okay? They come through with their purpose and their passion, 
what they're doing is meaningful to them, then they get to a certain point in their business growth and might have other uh, stakeholders in the business. They may not own the whole business outright. It may be floated on the on, on the stock market, etc. Other people now have an influence on that business. They, um, they you know, they're still at the helm of that business, but it's no longer their business. It doesn't feel like their business anymore, and it starts to take on a life of its own. It's been pushed down a uh, a, a, a course of action that maybe the owner wouldn't necessarily have, have wanted for that business, and they start to get that detachment. This is really common, and I saw a guy talking about this. He went and did a talk to about 500 of these people, and these are business owners, and I think the they've all done over, like over 100 million in turnovers. And we're not talking about massive blue chips, but all over like 100 million in turnover, and it was for disgruntled business owners that had lost their connection with their business for precisely the reason we're talking about here. They may have been doing all the right things in terms of business, but they'd lost their heart and their soul, their purpose within that business, right? So we're really lucky, okay, because as small business entrepreneurs, we get to fulfill and live our purpose through the work that creates our livelihood as well, right? That's a massive gift, and it's one that we want to embrace because, uh, you know, if you're sitting there in business and, and don't, you know, it's your business and you don't like what you're doing and you're not inspired by what you're doing, um, you've got no one else to blame, right? You kind of got to like look at this yourself. Now, here's the thing that's really important. Just because you've lost your way with your business and lost your way with what you're doing and maybe you've lost your, your sense of purpose and meaning behind what you're doing doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong. Um, it may mean that you need to go and do something different. That's, that's really possible. That's kind of the, I don't mean it's an insulting way, that's kind of the lazy way of looking at things in terms of it's not you being lazy, it's the brain being lazy, which is, okay, uh, this isn't working. You know, it's like me sitting there saying, well, this drink doesn't, this doesn't taste as nice as I remember it, and ditching this and trying to find something else to replace it with, right? Well, that's kind of the lazy option, right? Actually, the smart option would be to look at this and think, well, okay, well, what's missing from this now? Is it something that's changed in me or is it something that's changed in this? You know, how can I make this drink fulfill me in the way that it used to? So don't panic, you know? And this is what people really start to freak out about purpose because they start to think, well, if I've lost the sense of meaning behind my business, I've lost my sense of purpose behind this business, if they're sitting there thinking like, you know, like I just, I'm not connected with what matters about my business or my product, my services anymore, my clients, etc. Um, you start to lose that incredible driving force of purpose and that incredible driving force of, of passion and that, that real focus and drive and we lose all of that, right? And we start to feel a bit, a bit hollow and a bit empty and a bit unmotivated and maybe even a little bit dead inside, right? And it's easy to say, right, let's throw it away. Like a relationship, you know, it's like one day you kind of realize that you've kind of fallen out of love with each other or the relationship's not giving you the joy that you want it, or the joy that it used to bring you. And uh, you know, the easiest thing, the laziest thing in the fucking world is to ditch that relationship, right? Throw it away, get divorced, or move out, you know, go and have a fucking affair with someone. It's the laziest fucking way out all the time, right? And it's not accusing you of being lazy, it's the unconscious, is lazy way. This isn't working, change it, right? As opposed to, this isn't working, fix it. Does it make sense? So here's my thing. If you start to panic because you've lost your way with your business, you've lost your sense of purpose with your business, it's exactly the same as if you feel like you've lost a little bit of that love and connection with your wife or your husband or your partner. If you feel like that's missing, it's not saying, right, you know, break, we got to ditch that, throw it away and go and find another one, right? Or reinvent something from the ground up. It's like, no, 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 right? We can often bring it back into the thing that we already have. This is why most relationship people relationship, they're scared to look at their relationship because deep down they know they're unfulfilled. Deep down they know it's not what they would want it to be, choose it to be. And I know this to be true for most relationships, right? There's, 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 there's you know, there's, most people are in their relationships 
you know, to a degree they're unfulfilled, right? In other words, they know that there's more out there. They know they could have more. They know they could have more love, more joy, more fun, more sex, more connection, more play, more laughter, whatever it might be, right? They, they, they know it's there for them. And because they know that's there for them, there's a degree of that dissatisfaction in that relationship. And they're scared to look at it because they don't want to lose that relationship. And they feel that if they look at the relationship and see what's not working, they're scared shitless that what it means is they're going to have to get a divorce. The divorce means they're going to lose their home. They're going to lose this, the kids, and da, da, right? That's not necessarily true, okay? That's the unconscious lazy way out, which is if I dare to look at something I don't like, I look at it, I don't like it, I throw it out. Oh my God, now I've got nothing. So now the unconscious then stops you from looking at the thing that isn't bringing you joy anymore because it knows that if it sees something it doesn't like, it's going to tell you to throw it away, which is going to put you into potentially a whole pile of shit and stress you don't want to be in. <clears throat> so when it's catch-22 with the unconscious, is stopping you from looking and seeing at the thing that you need to look at in order to bring the fulfillment back into your life because it's scared that it's going to mean something radical. Make sense? You get what I'm saying? I hope you enjoyed that first part of the three-part series all about uncovering your purpose, identifying your role, and I'm hoping that that's got you started and fired up. If not, the next two episodes are sure to do that very thing. Please make sure that you show up for the next two installments. In the meantime, if you want to go and check us out at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk, please do. Find out what we're doing with ambitious entrepreneurs and how we're helping them create unprecedented levels of success, even given all the carnage that is out there right now. Whether you're just launching your business, whether you're building your business towards that first 100k turnover, maybe doing 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50 or 60k, but not yet hit that 100k mark. We've got groups of people just like yourself doing exactly that. If you've already broken 100k in turnover, maybe even heading up towards the half million pound mark, and you want to scale your business, then again, we've got a room full of peers that would love to be on your journey with you. Please do go and check out BBB Success Groups at biggerbrightbolder.co.uk. If you're ready for conversation, then please do reach out to my partner in business and in life, Tracy Miller. You can contact her at Tracy with an E dot Miller at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. I'll drop those links in the descriptions of this episode, as well as some links to other resources to help you on your ongoing entrepreneurial journey of success. I will see you next time. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.